Blog Talk Radio. We've had the best football picks for a decade, and we ain't stopping now. Live from the IMLD Home Studios, in its 10th season, this is, in much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Now your hosts, Jay and Dre. Welcome in. The long season rolls on and we get our first of many Friday shows off the ground tonight. The Friday football party. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. We are here with you live on a Friday night, December the 9th, 2022. I'm Dre. He's Jay. Uh, no Saturday football yet tomorrow. Don't panic. It's it's not it's not you. It's us. Uh, Jay going out of town with his family tomorrow. So we're getting our show in uh, early this weekend. Uh, you'll have a whole day to digest our information, our wonderful, uh, witty insight, and get ready for the games on Sunday and Monday night as well. So, two-hour football party, a little late. <laughs> that one you can put on me. Um, I'm here at my wife's uncle's house. You can probably tell by the acoustics. Um, had to go out and do a little shopping. Didn't have too much uh, in the house as far as food and drink. Um, and then time to have dinner and then make it up here for the show. Uh, so a little later than normal, 11 Eastern 10 Central, but we're both here, and uh, Jay is uh, hosting because I don't trust his Wi-Fi to uh, to keep the connection going. So, Jay, I'm really, really glad I reminded you that you're the host for one year. Yeah, and not only that, you did it 90 seconds before the show started. <laughs> I gave you plenty of uh, heads-up time, but that shows how long we've been doing this. That shows the veteran leadership for you that you took that 90 seconds, you made it work, you logged in as the host, I logged in as the guest, and we, we got it done. Now, four or five years ago, we would have oh, all yeah. screwed up. It would have been uh, one of us wouldn't have been able to get in or both. Uh, the show might have started with dead air as we're both trying to connect as the host or something like that. Um, so w- w- this is old hat for us now. We, we know how to uh, navigate and uh, do the ins and outs no matter what the, what the details are. Yeah. No, I play, <laughs> it would have been, been Benny Hill show for us a few years ago. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Uh, everything but the naked women running around. Well, come on. Yeah, you know, we're married. Costumes. <laughs> Can't have that anymore. So, uh, no. Okay. Fun, fun days in the, in the in the past for both of us. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, it's a Friday night, uh, which means tomorrow I'm going to wake up and be completely messed up. So every, <laughs> anytime we're not doing Saturday night shows, I wake up and I'm all screwed up. So tomorrow I'm going to wake up and think it's Sunday. And that football is going to be on, and then we're getting, and then we have done our Sunday shows. I'm all screwed up, so yeah, I'm going to be all messed up for the weekend. But yeah, me and the family heading out of town, doing some some Christmas festivities, getting in the spirit. Should be fun as long as uh, weather holds up, you know. Because you know this is the upper Midwest; it's that time of year. So we'll see if we're dealing with it. It looks like when we leave Minnesota on Tuesday, we are basically going to be playing race the snowstorm home. Um, oh, wonderful. So that'll be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Always try to, fun. Try to beat the storm. Uh, 
but other other than that, everything looks like it should be should be fun. Kids are excited. Uh, kids were sick all week, and now they're better, and, and you know they're on the mend. Uh, you know, had some days of missed school and stuffy noses and puking and fevers, just just all kinds of fun. Oh, kids, gotta love them. Yeah, it's going around here right now. Um, you yeah. know, my my daughter, you know, cute factor. A lot of her friends are sick. We're getting. I got a work email today that said that you know, like half the people who work at our distribution facility are out right now, or they're literally mm-hmm. like leaving mid shift because there's some kind of a bug going. Around. I don't know what those are. You know, they was licking doorknobs over there or something. There's some aggressive bug. Orgy. Oh. That's that's one fast way to, to get a bug going, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, or yeah. in my kids' case, it turned out to be their their school Christmas concert is what we figured. Yeah. Did it. Yeah. But I remember those. Um, we, uh, yeah. We we had those. We we should have called them super spreaders back then, but we didn't know the term, so we didn't. Uh, we weren't aware. But you know it's the same thing. We're here. We're fine. For the most part. All, all turned out okay, but. <laughs> Yeah, the only, only thing with starting the show at 10 o'clock tonight is, I already told you, uh, limited after show tonight for me. Uh, sure, no, I'm, definitely I'm, I'm two that. hours and I'm two hours and done tonight because uh, I've got to be up at 6 a.m. to so we can hit the road in the morning. Yep. Yeah, no, no problem here. Um, I'll be ready to pass out as soon as we're done as well. So I, I definitely understand <laughs> yeah. that. As we give it all we got for two hours, <laughs> then that's it. Um, I'm not going to complain too much about weather down here uh, because of what is always going on up there around you. So I, I know you don't want to hear too much, too much bitching and moaning from me, but I'll just say, uh, thank goodness it's not uh, below 30 degrees down here because we'd be covered in snow. It never stopped raining this week. Not every single day and yesterday leaving work and i'm like what is that orange thing in the sky what the hell is that yeah don't um, you love it, that it, it's been so dark and depressing yeah. all week and and that was really my only uh solace was knowing that if this was chicago raining nonstop like that um it would be 30 to 35 degrees and it'd be either cold rain which is about the worst feeling in the world walking through cold rain or snow just inches and inches of snow so at least it's not that and so that that that's the only complaining I'll do about the weather is rainy and depressing, but at least it wasn't snow. Yeah, we're coming up on a stretch here. Looks like it might be a week before we see the sunshine. So yeah. I, I get it. I completely get it. We're supposed to have rain and freezing rain and mixed, and then it's, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday it's supposed to be a potential snowstorm. So a lot of fun. Yeah, lots of lots of. Say there could be like tornadoes down your way. Oh, uh, that's that kind out. of weather. It is. No, it's stop rain, which is real good tornado weather. So, yeah, I'm uh, <laughs> always on the lookout for that. So we get uh, to do we our are, week 13 recap now. We are the bright sunshine for all of you listening because we were both over 500 last week. It was barely over 500, but it was still over hey. 500. It still counts. It works. That's right, Jay, 8 and 7. I was 9 and 6. Uh, for the season puts me at 96 and 92, Jay at 92 and 96. Uh, so perfect inversion there. Jay just putting me on four back. Four things can be very, very easily. I'm definitely not feeling comfortable. But what I am feeling is my locks are locked up. 
Uh, what, what's does. the match score? The match play? Yeah. Uh, ten and ten and five. Uh, well, uh, let's ten see blocks. Five weeks left. Five and four, I believe, would, would be. Ah, that's how you do it. Okay. Or five up. Five five up. Okay, that sounds good. Either way, uh, you cannot catch me because you're six blocks behind with five to go. So that is completely uh, taken care of. So I can really have some fun with the with the blocks, uh, which I will do later on, uh, making my week fourteen. I, I actually, so I don't even need to pick a lock anymore. I still will. <laughs> Just for, <laughs> just for, because watch now I'll run the table on block. Oh, of course. Bad. I had that run early in the season where I was getting pushed on locks. I was getting hooked on locks. Um, I, I had like crazy shenanigans on locks. You know, what was we had the the Matt Amendola game with the with the Chiefs. It was, oh, oh my God. Oh yeah, yeah. They just kick a field goal and go up ten, and I got it in the bag, and then they, oh, they go for that ridiculous fake punt a lot of bad luck involved with, with your locks but uh yeah it was man how many weeks in a row did you were stuck on one it was like six or seven weeks in a row uh yeah it felt like it was seven weeks in before i finally got my second one so let's uh let's get to some recap in here um i'm trying to uh do something real quick if i can pull oh. it off oh that's interesting. i don't know if i'm yeah try to do a trick yeah, I'm trying to see if I saved my oops, screenshot, which I don't see it. I tried to screenshot the uh, couple of different phone numbers of callers to our show uh, so that if I am on the road like this, that I can look at it and see exactly who's calling in ah. because somebody's trying to call in, and I, I try not to – I can't find the uh, the screenshot. Um, I try not to uh, do it blind because I, it, ah. it, because of the the history of our show with some of our. Well, you know what? Here we go. Let's just we're gonna uh, do it blind. See who it is here. We got the the nine seven three. It's Newark, New Jersey. Not exactly oh. Newark, but the same state. You're close. Oh, it's our guy well, Lou. What's up, Lou? Yes. Yeah. Oh, you remember me? Thank God. Oh yeah. 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 We're still we're still waiting. waiting. We still have to, we have to ask you: Is Giannis elite? Yeah, I would say, uh, oh, okay. you know, yeah, he is. Unfortunately, we had that discussion last year, a couple year or two ago. So, so we we had that. We had to get you wow. back on to to ask. Yeah, he's elite. Unfortunately, now only thing that's over to our side. We need good players like that to come over. I think we would do a hell of a lot better if we had players like, you know, Giannis going to our side. Then we would be more competitive. That's right. So what's yeah, on you, your mind today? You got Kevin Durant. How much more competitive? Yeah, I don't, I mean, yeah got, he's, he's a bum. Well, that's, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's on the other side, though. That's on the other side of the area. Oh, you're talking about the, the Knickerbockers. Right. You know, I think yeah. we had a good game tonight. You know, at least we had a good game tonight. <laughs> I, thought. I mean, I think, we're, I think we're starting to get a little bit better now. I mean, a lot of people were riding, were riding the, net, the Knicks off already, you know, after a few hours. But I think we're starting to find a little bit you know, better now. I mean, we're doing better than last year already. Thank goodness. Well, that's good. Uh, and your Jets, I know you want to talk about your your Jets because they are really looking like a, a team to be reckoned with. They are, but I'm I wasn't too surprised that they lost to the Vikings last week. I mean, they held up. They, I mean, they held up for most um, until like the um, well, late in the fourth quarter. I mean, they were down by eleven. Everybody's running them up like, nope. I'm not telling you because I knew this was going to be a good game. It's Cleveland either way. But Minnesota's offense, ugh, that is just too that's just too much. Yeah, well, the Jets, the Jets had 
the Jets had chances late. They they were down there they in Viking, deep in Vikings territory twice late in that game and just couldn't quite seal the deal. You're not eleven and you're not eleven and I mean twelve and one for nothing, you know. You were going against some pretty long odds. But yeah, Vikings got uh, ten wins, one uh, one yeah. point uh, for each win. <laughs> what are they? Plus, are they plus sixteen now on the season? I think they're plus something 10. like that. Oh, but plus I think ten without Von Miller. I think they have a chance against uh, the Bills because without Von Miller, I don't know what the I don't know what the Bills can do. I think maybe we can sneak this in. Yeah, they, I think this might be the first. It's yeah, possible. that's the only the only thing that gives me some pause is the Bills. Uh, they don't usually lay two eggs to the same team twice like that. So I think they're going to no. be a little more ready this time than they were last time. That was yeah, the game when Josh good. Allen got hurt, right? They were the ones that knocked Josh Allen out. Right. Busted up his arm. That's right. But now Allen arm. makes it even better. Yeah, he was short, short arm and all those throws at the end of that game, uh, in, and it was ugly. But the Jets, they earned yeah. that one. Unfortunately, my girlfriend and I are not on the same page with that one because, unfortunately, she is a Bills fan. How? Huh. I'll never know, but she is. Yeah. It's going to be a real good game. Uh, the the Jets they play the it same. Yeah, it should, they play the same defense as the Bills. They both just come right at you. They're not blitzing. They're just you know man to man. Let's go and uh, you know right in your face. And, and it, it's really exactly fun. To, like it. Yeah, it's really fun to watch the, the exactly Jets play like, like that. To be. They they That's know they're need. good. Your 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 Jets know they know they already know how they are. You know, the rookies better than yeah, with Wilson a, out and and White in, I think it makes it even better. Yeah, that's well, uh, that gives them a little more confidence, right? Can't make it worse. <laughs> oh, mm, Zach. Yeah, you could. You can bring back what's his name, who we've seen ghosts. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, Darnold is is taking care Sam of. Darnold. He's, he's Sammy boy. Getting it done with Charlotte right now. Um, no, yeah. they, they, and what's he doing? Nothing. <laughs> well. Yeah, they, they went to, to Mike White again. Now, we're not going to talk about last year when Mike White faced the Bills because that didn't go so well. Right. But <laughs> this is a different year. It, it, it could right. go yeah. completely different. Look okay, at that defense. Is yeah, different now. that it's different animal. Betty White. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, boy. That was bad. <laughs> well, you uh, got any other uh, NFL insight, uh, Lou? What, what's, uh, what's the season looking like to you? Who do you think is going to be there at the end? Are you talking with – well, we still got a few weeks to go yet, but um, I do see the Eagles uh, making it, unfortunately. Yeah. You know, because you know, they've, been, they've been unstoppable this year. Um, the, AF, the AFC, it's – you know, I think I might be just going on a limb and I'm going to say the Chiefs. I think they might have something brewing here. So I think they can do it. You know, they're going to get back there. Mahomes is going back in this game. I mean – at least the AFC, you know, is looking a little bit better. The AFC South, though, is a complete joke. Oh gosh! The lose the loser division. Ugh. Nobody even deserves to make the playoffs in that division. Nobody. That is a well, sorry. Well, somebody bunch, will. Sorry both, both of the South. If I ever saw. Yeah. No, the NFC South, it's pretty bad too. So hey, we appreciate you calling in, Lou. We're gonna get to giving out some hardware here for the week. Hey, uh, speaking of uh, stuff. Um, if you got time tomorrow, uh, wait, you're looking at the East Coast, right? 
Uh, we're in the Midwest. No, you're, we're you're out Central East. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That's uh, that's an hour. That's an hour behind me, I think, right? Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, I have a show on Saturdays, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, um, we I had to switch our time. We had to move up an hour earlier uh, to accommodate another show on uh, our network. So I'm on for four to six Eastern, three to five in your area. Uh, Calling Enhanced Sports Show. We handle just about everything in the world of sports. Um, the number to call is 512-543-4662. We are going to discuss, of course, the NFL. We're also going to discuss the uh, last-minute predictions for the Heisman. Uh, MLB, because MLB they just wrapped up the um, winter meetings and a lot of big moves happened. Oh, boy. And, yep. part one of part, and part one of the bowl games. I'm not doing all in one day. That would take up the whole show. I'm not doing that. All right. So we'll do the first half. We'll do the first half of the Christmas Eve or Christmas Day at the first weekend, and the rest of it uh, next week to wrap up the season. So I got two shows left in 2022. All right. Sounds good, Lou. Yeah. Thanks. I am not doing a show on the 24th and 31st for obvious reasons. Got it. Neither are we. <laughs> right. Well, you're a all right. All right. Thanks for calling in, Lou. All right, fellas. Thanks. Maybe I haven't called in a while. Yeah. First call of the year, I believe. Uh, yeah, well, you know, this new format's not as, as caller-friendly as it used to be, you know, because we're usually just kind of riffing off of the games. But we'll get a little condensed award show here. But we also have a condensed slate, so we still got an hour and 43 minutes to get this all in. So I, th- I think we're good. We should be. But, we, but, we, but we, we can fill the time. if uh, we, we always know yes. we can fill the time. Now we just got to work on condensing it. But we have official confirmation Giannis is indeed elite breaking news here on the show. Finally. Yes. Finally. Lou has when, 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 given the when word. When Lou said he was going bold move and then said Chiefs, I was like, mm. <laughs> is, that, is that bold? I mean, it's, uh, it, it's definitely not the, the cool pick right now. But, yeah, you, know, you never ever want to sleep on uh, on Patrick Mahomes. So I, I can see what he means there because that, it's sad to say when – you know where we're at when when picking Patrick Mahomes to go to the Super Bowl feels like the contrarian pick. Uh, that's kind of their fault. If they, if they would actually live up to their uh, yeah. potential and get there more than once or twice, uh, they should be there just about every year. And and they try to. They're in the conference title game every year. But uh, yeah, it is bold considering the the trajectory that the Bills are on. Uh, everyone thought they shot past the Chiefs. Right. They won that big game, the big uh, matchup in the regular season and oh that's it bill's just taking off and you know rocket ship to the sky uh not quite then the bills gag up home field just to get it right back i will say always for very good super bowl matchups if that comes true eagles chiefs very good super bowl matchup yeah i mean there are better scenarios for the afc than the nfc there's some we could if we get some dark horse NFC team in there, it could get ugly. <laughs> Definitely. Oof, um, oh, the NFC. So it's uh, week thirteen recap. You have the honors by virtue of I, finishing I a, Thursday, a Thursday night game ahead of me last week. All right, our, our condensed uh, version of the awards. My best of the week. I, I can be a, a teddy bear. I can be an old soft, sentimental teddy bear. Sometimes my best of the week was just seeing uh, Sons of Ironhead. 
uh, our beloved uh, former fullback Craig Ironhead Hayward, the uh, uh, the late Ironhead, his sons yes. out there uh, in Atlanta doing work. The Steelers and the Falcons game. Um, Connor Hayward uh, had a 17-yard touchdown catch for Pittsburgh, uh, as his brother Cam had a sack, um, and they were both in Atlanta, in the city where uh, Dad is laid to rest. Uh, they got to visit him uh, or his uh, his grave and uh, an emotional moment before the game. And yeah, I just love to see that. You know, Ironhead was beloved, uh, one of those characters that that everybody loved, and got to see uh, some of that character when he uh, became a Chicago Bear. Um, and just good to see his kids out there uh, getting that moment and getting a chance to shine and and doing well. I'm sure Ironhead was very proud looking down on his boys, and uh, that was my best of the week. Wow. How about that? That that's nice. You know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, some who was him <laughs> this week, or <laughs> you know, you, you've gone off off the off the script a little bit the last couple of weeks. You know, you had your your start of December football last week, and this week you're giving it to the sons of uh, Ironhead Hayward the, for yeah. for showing up, and that's great. Um, Love Iron. Going a little, I'm going a little different too. I, I'm going with a career best of the week. Um. We're giving it to Aaron Rodgers. Huh. And it wasn't for yeah, particularly man. what he did this week. It was, you know, it really felt like he was saying so long to the Bears and the Bears fans, the team he owns. You know, at the end of the game, he was kind of giving them all the wave, giving them all the salute. And then I see Aaron Rodgers' career numbers against the Chicago Bears. And I know you got your barf bag ready there, Mr. Bear fan. Hold on. I mean, let me plug my ears up. Uh, All right, go ahead. Okay, Aaron Rodgers, if this is it, if he is absolutely, maybe he's hanging it up after this year, or if he switches venues, we don't know if he's going to be a Green Bay Packer next year going to visit Chicago. If this was his last trip to Chicago, and this is why this is my best of the week, Aaron Rodgers will finish with a 25-5 and record against your Chicago Bears, a 109 passer rating, 6,965 yards passing with 64 touchdowns to 10 interceptions. I don't even know. I didn't even put any of the rushing touchdowns in on that. You know, that, that, Uh. that's, when you talk about ownership, uh, that's ownership. Well, he said he owns them and, and I guess he really does. Yeah, no. I, I didn't even realize it was I, – I knew it was bad. I didn't know it was that bad. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. It's, it's that bad. I, I could have told you, believe me, uh, <laughs> having, having watched that. But, you know uh, – good, good on Rodgers, good on the Packers, not good on the Bears for having that cover and then just deciding to completely not cover Christian Watson on a jet sweep. Yeah. Who needs to tackle him? Just let him, let him just go. Completely, let him run. Just completely, completely blow that uh, that that cover and give you the win over me in that one. And uh, nobody wanted to actually cover the running game in that in that one either. Justin Fields goes right. off on an untouched, just like we said. <laughs> this is what the Packers do. Um, but capping that all off, Rodgers gets to go to to Soldier Field again and walk away a winner again. Well, you were going back and forth with Cass on Twitter a little bit about it. Yet again, the Packers can't handle a running quarterback. Like, yeah. right there for you. And there's Justin Fields just, you know, sprinting right by, and uh, nobody can lay a hand on him. But, man, uh, 
Chicago just keeps losing these late games. Uh, Fields can't make those late throws after playing so yeah. well. Or well, that, that, that's, the, that's the trend. That is what true, and right that, but that defense is just decimated. I mean, it, yeah, you know, lost inside of that game was what AJ Dillon was doing to the Bears up the gut that whole game too. Yeah, the Bears didn't lay a finger on Dillon or Christian Watson, either one of them. No, no. I mean, anytime the Packers needed a third and one, third and two, third and three, it was just AJ. It was the AJ Dillon show. Uh, and you know, and the, and the Packers losing for the majority of that game get the late touchdown to take the lead, and then and then yeah, then Justin Fields starts getting turnover happy. But you're gonna you're gonna have some of this, right? He, he, he he's had some great you know efforts, and he's gonna have some of these. You know, they this isn't a team that's built to close yet. Uh, they're barely built to compete at all. They're, they're getting yeah. rid of all their defenders, the few that they yeah. left behind uh, get hurt, and, and they still don't really uh, surround Justin Fields with, with too much talent. I mean, uh, I was excited about trading for Chase Claypool. He isn't doing anything, but he's better than the <laughs> other Jamos that they have. You are, you are correct there. So so what was your worst of the week? <sighs> uh, that that could have been my worst. I, I understand he's – He's young. He's still, you know, uh, learning. Got a, got a long ways to go. I, I get it. So I, I try not to come down too hard on him for that. The worst thing of week 13 in the NFL to me was every single goddamn thing about that Browns-Texans game. Everything involved in it. <laughs> the whole thing. The game itself, zero offensive touchdowns. Uh, yeah. Uh, Deshaun Watson, uh Terrible football. Terrible. He, he looked terrible. like he looked like a guy that hasn't played in the NFL in two years. That was hilarious um, because you, you said he was going to play terrible, and then I go turn right around and go, "They're not going to need him." Uh, yeah, correct. And I guess not. <laughs> oh God, that was so bad. Um, yeah, he looked like a guy who hasn't played and had a lot of stuff weighing on him while he was not playing. He looked exactly like that. Uh, the whole thing taking place in Houston, which was a complete Roger Goodell uh, uh, fantasy. Like, he made that happen. I, I, you will not ever convince me otherwise that he could have uh, – that he had to make that 11 games. He had to make the comeback in Houston. There's no way that you will ever convince me that wasn't on purpose. Uh, even Watson, after the game, had a chance to show some remorse with the interviews and – questions afterwards he, he, he didn't he, he just bypassed that whole thing I, you know i'm just trying to get back to football he, he, he has no remorse he still doesn't think he did anything wrong he still thinks uh telling women to, to suck him off and finger his asshole is, is appropriate for massages he, he, he didn't learn a damn thing uh like i said the game was was absolute dog shit uh, yeah, you, exactly. You said uh, he didn't need to play great for the Browns to beat up the Texans, and by God, uh, he didn't. Um, Donovan Peoples-Jones with a punt return touchdown <laughs> is, the, is the big star of that game. Um, end zone interception. Uh, Houston, Houston led that game 5 to nothing. Um, they did. Because Watson got I was worried. in the zone uh, driving before that punt return. Yeah. So, yeah, they, they, they started out pretty good. For them, and then Kyle Allen happened, lost a fumble, how, on the quarterback man, sneak out of out of the out of his own end zone. <laughs> God, we, how many times are we going to see that? And what we, we, it sounds like you never see, and we've seen it twice in the last yeah. like month. 
Well, one was the center shoving up his own ass, but this was just uh, yeah. Allen bobbling and, and, and losing it. Um, through a terrible uh, tip ball pick six, uh, Houston beat themselves. The Browns aren't any any good, and, no. and Deshaun Watson isn't any good either. That, that entire game sucked. And how bad is Houston? Just oh, oh. Uh, the worst. I picked them the mail it in team, and then I picked I, I picked and, them. And, I deserve that. And then you picked time. them. Yep. Well, they didn't give up an offensive touchdown. <laughs> oh God. Uh, yeah, yeah, everything about that game sucked. Uh, so, so what was the worst to you? Well, I'm not necessarily saying it was the worst thing that happened. I'm just going to say it was like who had the worst week, right? And I'll tell you who had the worst week. It was Titans general manager, John Robinson. <laughs> because you make the big trade, right? You trade away A.J. Brown for Traylon Burks. You, you go into the game, you watch Traylon Burks get KTFO'd on a touchdown pass mm. and hold on to the ball. I have I still don't have any idea how it, it happened to be resting in his hand as he held to on That's to all. that. That's like, like he's, he's laying pretty much unconscious in the end zone, cradling the ball. Uh, then proceeds to watch the guy that he dealt to Philadelphia just shove it up his ass for the next you know 55 minutes. And yeah. uh They'd seen enough. They fired him the next day. <laughs> Titans GM John Robinson, sayonara. You had the worst week. Uh, pretty much, I can think of anybody uh, in football. That was that was pretty bad. That's not a good way to go out. You make the big draft day trade, watch it blow up in your face, and then get shit canned the next day. The next day. That that's a message, isn't it? That's yeah, I think message. so. Yeah, that's that's. I'm surprised it wasn't like right after the game or. You know, just have the little don't, don't let him get on the bottom line thing. Like right after AJ Brown's second touchdown, just have the little you know breaking thing <laughs> pop up at the bottom of the screen. <laughs> Titans, Titans are not retaining general manager John Robinson's services. Uh, yeah, so he had. I'm going to say he had the worst week. Um, I'm going to uh, second that. Struggling. <laughs> so that we, we don't have to cover the same thing twice. Uh. Um, it's the Titans, uh, not just it's not just the GM Robinson. It's the Titans in three acts because I'm going to string that together with the previous game um, where they got out physical before uh, before this by the by the Bengals. Uh, so you get that they you get uh, they they were looking pretty good after Tanny came back from his ankle injury, but uh, Act One is is what Cincy did to them uh, without Jamar Chase and Joe Mixon. Act two is what happened Sunday, uh, which was absolutely embarrassing, what, what A.J. Brown did to them. Uh, the, the, they got out physical for the second game in a row. Um, A.J. Brown literally running over uh, your cornerback on his way to the end zone. Um, A.J. Brown shoves it up the Titans behind, as you already said, um, and his replacement, Traylon Burks, got put to sleep on his touchdown catch. And then act three is the next day. GM John Robinson uh, gets shit canned. Yeah. Uh, that's that, that's the Titans at three X right now. Like like I said, that seems like a message. That seems like uh, hell. It seems like a bet. Like if AJ Brown comes back and makes me pay on this on this on this trade the very time very first time we play them, I will resign or I will get fired immediately. I am so confident in my trade. Oh no, <laughs> AJ Brown absolutely embarrassed us. Two touchdowns. 
the, the second one was gorgeous, the way he just went up over and took the ball and said, this is mine and you can't have it. Um, the, the absolutely uh, struggling the Tennessee Titans right now after that three-play act. No, that's so. Yeah, you you got struggling, and he's my worst of. The, he's had my. He had the worst week. I won't say he right. had the worst of the week, but he had the worst week. That's about as bad as it gets. Oh, it is professional. Uh, for, professional. For, yeah, right. For an executive to watch your trade come back and completely uh, blow up in your face, and then get fired the very next day. That's about as bad as it gets. Uh, so that leads me to my smartest of the week. Um, and I'm going to give it to uh, Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers, who I'm a big fan of anyway. So this might be just sort of piling on. But, hey, Niners lose another quarterback? No problem. Brock Man, Purdy. I'm, I'm glad you have something for this game because I didn't. Deserves an award. 25 of 37 for 210 and two TDs and an INT. You know what? Jimmy Garoppolo can do that. That sounds like a typical Jimmy G game. Yeah, just put him right in there and beat the, the Miami Dolphins and knock two around and yeah, don't miss a beat. That That's kind of how yeah. the system goes. And that's what uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, he, he's just got a, he pretty much has a system that is foolproof. You don't in that system that they have with the players that they have. Uh, the third string quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, it, it doesn't matter. Um, it, it's just set up for anybody to step in and do what, what they can do. Uh, everybody wringing their hands and saying that the Niners are in, in such trouble if uh, Jimmy G can't make it back. Who is Jimmy G? What are you people talking about? This, you, you know that's the same quarterback they tried to get rid of in this past offseason, right? That's the right, same like guy. all of a sudden, all of a sudden, oh. Oh, Jimmy G, he's the man. No, it's oh. this, I dare I say it's the system. Uh, yeah, same guy. Plug and um, play. And, Exactly. And, and Nick Bosa and the D destroyed Tua on the other side, which is the other unsung part of that team is that defense is damn good. Um, Brock Purdy can do what Jimmy G can do. I, I got no problems with that. And it, it's because of that smart system that Kyle Shanahan has in place. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of that, though, is, of course, going to be dependent on the health of all the other pieces, all the ancillary pieces, you know, you're going to need McCaffrey and you're going to need Debo and you're going to need that defense to stay intact because, you know, the, the, the more you strip that bear, if there's injuries that come up, that's going to, you know, all of a sudden then Bryce Purdy is going to be exposed a little bit. So as long as they can stay healthy, keep these guys upright. I don't think that the Niners are significantly less dangerous. Are they a little less? They maybe a little, but significantly, no, they're fine. They have, they held their own just fine against the Dolphins. They made they didn't make them look like uh, any great shakes. No, any team that can surround a, a quarterback, no matter uh, what his experience level is, with McCaffrey and Debo and Brandon Ayuk yep. and George Kittle and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, uh, with that system, um, I, I think they're going to be in pretty good shape. No. No, that's that's good. I'm glad I'm glad you had an award for that game because I I did not, and maybe I should have. But this is why we do this. And I love how they. I even love so much more that that they came back from adversity because Tua stepped up at the very first play of the game and goes Man. 75 yeah. to the house to Trent Sherfield. Trent Sherfield. Like, oh shit! Pick him up. <laughs> right. 
Um, and, and I love that the Niners had that adversity and, and got slapped in the face and then lost their starting quarterback. And still, after all that, came back and, and covered. And, and that was, he got, that was what he got my stepped life. on, right? I mean, Garage, Jimmy got stepped on, right? His foot was flopping around. I don't. I, yeah. I, it probably got stepped on at it some point, like, but I yeah, just saw it the, like he got. It looked like he got stepped on on the ankle, and, and then that thing. Yeah, that thing went all floppy. Yep, that, that's what I saw. The, the last part of it, where he kept trying to put his foot down, and it kept going off to the side. Like, uh oh, something's wrong with yeah. that thing. No, that, that that's not good. They're, they're saying there's a chance he could be back by the division round. Do, if Brock Purdy fills in just fine, they might you not want need him, him back. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. Uh, they might not want him back. I don't know. They, they've, they've been so hot to try to get rid of Jimmy G. Maybe, you know, he's going to get uh, his job lost now to Mr. Irrelevant. Yeah, they're, they're going to replace him one way or the other, right? Uh, yeah, what's your Brock smartest Purdy of the week? plays halfway decent, and then you know Jimmy G's a goner after this season. <laughs> Uh, so what's the smartest in week 13 gonna, to you? I'll tell you what. I'm going to give, you know, sometimes you like to know that the players on these teams are aware of the situations that their teams are in and the things that are going around, but also aware of the other players in the league or potentially not in the league. I don't know if you saw the clip this week of, of uh, Demarcus Lawrence from the Cowboys. Uh, he correctly assessed the OBJ situation because that's the big rumor, right? Odell Beckham's trying to work his way onto a team. Um, so a reporter asked him, this is a quote, is it fair to say you want the Cowboys to sign OBJ? Very direct question, right? Mm-hmm. Demarcus Lawrence's answer, quote, it's fair to say I'm trying to reach a Super Bowl. So if he can come on and help us with that, then yes, I'll accept him. But if we're just going to do the circus, no, I don't. I loved that. I love it. I love it because that is correct right there. That is, that is a, that is one, it's a shot, right? You're, you're, you're sending a message not only to your organization, but to the player that you're, they're potentially courting to try to bring them in saying, yeah, Hey, we want to win the Super Bowl, but if it's going to be a shit show, we don't want you. Yeah. And Cowboys, honestly, do they need him? Is this this team isn't doesn't seem to be struggling in any way to score points or or move the foot? So I I, I like the honesty there. That was very smart uh, because, like I said, that's that's a that's a message to both your organization and to the guy who's a bit of a clown. Yeah, I had, I did not hear that. That's yeah, that's very good. It's very smart. That's uh, you know that whole thing has the feeling of. Gary Jones just wants another toy to play with and wants yeah. to bring him on because he uh, wants the, the, the he kind of wants the show. He kind of wants the circus that comes along with Odell because that just means more attention for the Cowboys. And any attention for the Cowboys is great as far as Jerry Jones is concerned. Um, yeah, great on DeMarcus for calling that out and saying, look, this is – we're trying to, you know, win a title. And especially for that organization, that organization really needs as many people – sounding like DeMarcus as possible because they really love to get, you know, off out over their skis and lose focus. And the Cowboys haven't won anything this millennium. They've been to as many Super Bowls as you and I uh, since the turn of the century. Yeah. So yeah. When was the last they, time the Cowboys were playoff relevant? They they make it to the playoffs. They just do yeah. in the playoffs. 
I mean, like, serious, like, title game relevant. Theoretically, anyone, um, you know, hosting a a divisional round game should be, well, unless unless you're one of those seven and nine division winners, um, (laughs) should be should be relevant. But we all know that the Cowboys are not to be taken seriously because when it comes down to it, they're going to find a way uh, to lose focus and not get it done. Uh, so, so good on DeMarcus for calling them out about that. Uh, yeah, they don't need the circus. They don't need OBJ. Um, it, it's coming out how he's not maybe really all that healthy anyway. He may not really be ready to contribute to any team right now at this very moment coming off that ACL. Um, I, I, it seemed like that came out after he was visiting the Cowboys. Uh, so maybe they're the ones that say, whoa, let's, let's throw this yep. news out there and sort of take everybody – take the scent off the trail and maybe, you know, let's hold our horses. Let's not get too excited about Odell. Oh yeah. This Beckham's was uh, two, two days ago. Uh, yes. this, 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 this all hit with the quote. And I saw that and that immediately was like, boom, that's right there. Smartest of the week. So Marcus Lawrence uh, analyzed this correctly. So uh, what's your stupidest or dumbest of the week? Uh, so we got to go back. We got to remember, uh, taking all of the games for uh, week 13 into consideration Thursday, Sunday, and Monday. Did Bill Belichick and the Patriots coaching staff actually think they would beat the Buffalo Bills with no downfield passing? I, attempt? I, what what was that? <laughs> Seven so, passes over 10 yeah, yards downfield. That's it. Yeah. Seven. I, I was saving this for when we picked the game, um, but did, did you see what – uh, Vance Joseph, Joseph said this week? Uh, no. Vance Joseph is the defensive coordinator uh, yep. of the Cardinals who play the Patriots on Monday Night Football, and he yep. was even taking shots at Matt Patricia, <laughs> saying that he calls – he said that Matt Patricia calls offense like a defensive coordinator. <laughs> And I mean, what something this week, like something in the water, full moon or something with all of these, like, you know, like rays of like streams of consciousness that we're getting. We got Demarcus Lawrence and I almost gave it to Van Joseph um, <laughs> on that one, too. Uh, just straight up going after, uh, you know, ass clown. Your guy, who, your favorite yeah, coach. Who, who gets who's a defensive coach for his whole pretty much his whole career. Gets made the offense coordinator. He's got Mac Jones yelling at him mm-hmm. about how they refused to throw the ball down the field, and yeah, and they had no shot against the Bills. No, um, it, it was it was dull uh, the way the Bills kind of smothered the 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 fighting Belichick's, but it was you know obvious it was, if, if the Patriots are going to do that and not even try uh, to beat you with with passes downfield, then yeah, you're just going to choke them off and. Uh, that, that's an easy one to do. Um, yeah, Mac Jones threw uh, 36 times. Yeah, and seven passes went over 10 yards. Yeah, and for a buck 95. That's that's brutal. That that wasn't his deal. Apparently, that was not something where he was just trying to check down and avoid stuff. Because uh, as you already alluded, uh, he's yelling at your guy uh, as head with the pencil behind his ear. He's chewing him out on the sideline. Like, get me some plays actually downfield. Let's go. Let's do. Sometimes it, it doesn't look too smart uh, when they're doing what they do over there because they, they seem to be discombobulated, to say the least, 
so that was my dumbest of the week. Like you, you get, you got no chance almost to beat the Bills anyway, uh, just because of your, your talent level, or lack of talent. And then that's your game plan to go in there and just kind of try to dink and doink them like you're Tom Brady. Come on, man. No, no. Especially against a Bills secondary that has been susceptible. Like they're getting beat deep. Yeah. Like this is this is how teams have taken advantage of them. And now they're finally starting to get Tredavious White back in the mix. It was like great, great. Now Buffalo's gonna start getting healthy. Uh so that window is gonna be closing here uh shortly as well. While they had a chance, they should have taken some shots, and they were Yeah, they not. should have. They had a lead in that game. They got that quick screen touchdown. Uh, <laughs> to the cornerback. <laughs> yeah, basically. The, uh, the punt return kid, uh, the one who right. beat the Jets, gets the long touchdown. And I'm like, all right, I'm looking good. And then just, yeah, that thing just fell yeah. off. It went off the rails really quick. So. Uh, I'll tell you, it was my stupidest of the week, well, I just keep giving awards to this poor man, but he earned it this last week. We said he was going to stand there in Jerry world and just observe and like, man, how great is this? Just look around, <laughs> look up, man, you know, marvel at the size of that, that huge scoreboard hanging down. Yeah. Just Saturday. What are you doing? <laughs> I I mean, that's a, that is a 33 point fourth quarter that the Colts gave up. And what and up to that point had been a competitive game. That game ended the third quarter, 21-19. Yeah. And then the, the floodgates just open up. Matt Ryan just goes pick crazy, just starts throwing interceptions like it's nothing. Uh, they're fumbling the ball. You know, there's the Moali Cox has a fumble, gets, gets returned for a touchdown. The game just goes completely off the rails. And uh, apparently, just Saturday didn't notice. He just kept sending uh, <laughs> Matt Ryan out there to immolate himself over and over and, and over again. And, and You're it, fine, it was, kid. It was, Keep going. You gotta, uh, Doing good. Man, that just tells how bad are the Raiders. They lost to this guy <laughs> and this team. It's uh, it's all worn off. Like all of the goodwill, all of the everything for just Saturday ended at the end of the third quarter of that game. <laughs> Done, because you cannot let a team put up thirty three unanswered on you in in the fourth quarter. The backups were scoring. Uh, that entire sequence um, also was recognized and and seen by me, and uh, I had one response to seeing all of that. An entire Cowboys fourth quarter was my WTF of the week. Uh, As you said, it was close. They started the quarter leading 21 to 19 by two points and driving Uh on the Colts. Uh, They get a touchdown pass. Immediate fumble recovery as the Colts take over uh, on offense for a touchdown. Then an interception. Uh, then a three-play drive ending with Tony Pollard uh, with a home run 30-yard touchdown carry. Then another interception. <laughs> then Zeke gets in for a touchdown. Oh. Then another fumble. Then someone named Mike Davis runs in for a touchdown uh, from 23 yards. And that's how you get to 54 to 19. From 21 to 54. And then Saturday, uh, it was entertaining. 
he sat there and enjoyed an entertaining game and, and stood there, watched it happen. Didn't really do anything about it. But once again, Jeff Saturday proving very good at watching the action and he, observing. Yes. I wrote on here, stupidest of the week, and it says in my notes, Saturday spectates. <laughs> yeah, this is what he's doing. Interesting thing going on out here. Wow. This is, this is so great. Look at all this the turnovers. Awesome. I don't even know if he was watching the game. That Cowboys team's really good. He's just sending his guys out there to get destroyed, like do something. Uh, coach, <laughs> you want to change anything? No, I'm good. We're, we're fine. We're going to turn it around. Stay the course. Oh, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad we both saw that one. Oh, man. <laughs> so, so what that was crazy. That was wild, especially since I'm at the end of the third. If I had gone to bed at the end of the third quarter, like, man, I got a cover. Right. <laughs> you know, I'm thinking, like, this ain't too bad. Colts are hanging in there. I mean, Cowboys are clearly better, but the Colts are doing just enough. And then, oh, my God. <laughs> what the fuck? That, that's why Chernobyl. <laughs> just, just melt down. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, so my surprise of the week, uh, you know, the LA Rams, uh, gave the Seattle Seahawks all they could handle. I I did did not expect to see that. Um, the Seahawks had to get DK Metcalf for a game winning touchdown in order to beat the LA Rams. That was like, huh? Really? Um, and, and Cam Akers actually had a game that was Another part of the of the surprise, he actually had uh, we have sixty yards and a and a touchdown. Whoa! Uh, two TDs. Wait, wait! Did he have thirty carries to get there? He did not. <laughs> he did not have thirty carries. Oh, had, okay. Well, that's 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 progress. <laughs> he had more than two yards to carry, and he got into the end zone twice. Um, uh, so the, yeah, the Rams were uh, giving effort still, um, especially uh, Bobby Wagner and Jalen Ramsey on defense. And I got to tell you, I, I know you don't want to hear it, but that kind of informed me and led me to make that pick on Thursday night. I was like, the Rams are still fighting. Man, they, uh, they... That was, okay. <laughs> Come on. You're telling me, that, like, yeah, they, they, they just scored two touchdowns in the last, what, three minutes of the game? Yeah, they, they did a Tom Brady. That's, that is, yeah. What was your Adam Schefter retweet? Teams are now – like four and five hundred and fifty one, and two of them had been in the last week. Uh huh. When when trailing by yeah yeah. Which 13, I think the ironic part ago. of this is that the tell me if I'm wrong here, but it really felt like the Rams only claimed Baker Mayfield so that the Forty ers could not. I the Rams had no quarterback. The Rams I got you saw I, you saw what I that know. kid did out there against the Chiefs. That was awful. What was up with the John Wolford thing? They sent him out there. That that is completely bad. Doesn't doesn't throw a pass. They sent him out there to hand off three benched. times. <laughs> he's he's when, terrible. When did Craig Baker. Council? When did Craig Council become the <laughs> the coach? That's a deep that was his cut. Opener. But that's a John deep Wolford cut. But opener. yeah, he sends a guy out. What was that? He sent Wade Miley out there. I think it was to walk yep. the first batter and then pulled him. Yep. They had to build a new rule just for we had that. To change, right, they had to change the rules of baseball. They ain't having that shit again. Because Craig Council is a raging idiot. 
You start a guy, you have to leave him in there for three batters. You cannot be yanking him after one guy. That's all I can think of when I saw that John Walford went out there, just handed off three times, then got benched. <laughs> hey, but, you know, it's, good on good on Baker Mayfield. I mean, he was dropping yeah. guys to just dudes. Went on a 98-yard, 98-yard touchdown drive. Raiders put the perfect punt that got down to the two, and yeah. I was like, oh, fuck. Well, then well, there's their no problem they come start back. celebrating like they won the Super Bowl after that punt, <laughs> yeah. too. And, yeah, yeah, that – and I don't know if you saw any of the memes or the posts today about all of the Raiders blown leads this year mm. about all of the two touchdown 20 point leads they had this year and ended up losing these games, four of them this year now. Yeah. I, I didn't they, see that specifically, but I know oof. that they are not the, uh, the, the, the franchise that you want to trust uh, late in games that much. I know. But in, yeah, the the, the 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 Rams had done less than nothing up until that first touchdown drive. Less than less than nothing. Uh, on all things cor- talk about correct. We, we, I don't even have anything for that that Tom Brady one. But yeah. you know, in that against the Saints. But you know, what's Tom Brady's best play that sparks their comeback? It's Tom Brady's P. best I. play. Yeah, DPI. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Tom Brady's best play, just massively throw, like, underthrow or throw a terrible ball yep. and, and wait for the DB to tackle the receiver. Uh, it. If it keeps theory. working, he's going he's gonna to keep doing it until he's 63 years old because oh, it keeps working. Man. Tom Brady's best play for the last decade has been DPI. I don't have anything for that either since we're meandering around. Uh, Todd Bowles not trusting Tommy on fourth and 10 down two scores with seven minutes left in the game. Yeah, they punted. Uh, I was like, oh, shit, he just quit. <laughs> I, I think Todd Bowles <laughs> quit on that game. I think Tom Brady came back and won that game despite what his coach thought was, was going to happen because uh, yeah. they were doing nothing. They were doing less than nothing as well uh, offensively. Right, and then That's just both the of those games. Both yeah. the teams that won that game had no business winning. True. But I, I, all I know is the Rams won. They were still in it. They still had a fighting chance only because the defense would not give up. Again, uh, the defense has some pride. Those veterans are still playing hard. Uh, I know the Raiders, you know, put up some numbers, but uh, that that was some stupidity there too. Like uh, we're getting into week uh, 14 awards perhaps, but how do you have such a, an awesome opening to bomb to Devontae Adams and then like throw at him like two more times the entire rest of the night? No, no, like, no, no. Doing? The whole second half, they didn't throw the ball at him at all. At all. At all. And then you, you and we're talking about stupid. Whatever that interception <laughs> was, the car threw right before halftime. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah all right. So enough of that game. I'll tell you what. My surprise of the week tan, tan, kind of tangentially goes back to the Tampa-New Orleans game. It's not the game itself. I get home from work. I sit down. I've got my, I'm in the basement. I've got my sling TV. And it gives me the option to watch the game. And... I watched the Manning cast. Okay. And I liked it. Oh, okay. So that was my surprise of the week. Number one, it's not Buck and Aikman. Of course. So that's right there, a bonus. But I, I enjoyed, I mostly, I won't say it was like an A+. Plus, you know, it was a solid B effort watching, you know, Peyton and Eli with the game on with no actual – you know, commentary other than them. Um, 
when they were just talking about the game and just kind of doing the banter back and forth with each other, I enjoyed that immensely. That was like, okay, this is a really kind of cool way because they, you know, they both know a lot about the game. They kind of pick at each other. Um, you know, at one point, uh, Peyton's like, oh, I think they're going to go for it here. Watch this. They're going to go for it here. And it's third and ten. And, and and Eli's like, well, that's a really bold call there, Peyton. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and it's just, and it's just, you know, that kind of, it was like really, it was kind of like, okay, this is fun. Well, I, what I did not enjoy it is when they would bring on a guest because their interviewing skills were were awful. Uh. So bringing in the guest really wasn't all that exciting or trying to integrate the guest into what they were doing, but when it was just the two of them, I enjoyed it immensely. That was my surprise of the week. I recommend it as an alternative to Buck and Aikman because they just make me want to barf. <laughs> okay, that's good. Uh, I think we're both uh, sometimes loath to try out new uh, ideas as far as broadcasting goes because we've kind of seen it all. And we're like, okay, I, I know my reaction to when I first saw the whole Manning cast thing was, oh, God, they're going to try to have these two yeah. – uh, Tennessee yokels uh, yucking it up and <laughs> I just I didn't want to hear that. Um, but if you say it's better than that, then give maybe it a I shot. Give it a try. Give okay. it a shot because was, you know they were not pulling punches either about the play calls towards the end of that game. There was at one point uh, when the because the Saints kept getting down there towards the end of that game, mm-hmm. right? Yep. And the Saints ended up where they could have had that. Like touch, they, you know, Peyton wanted them to just keep going, like, go for the touchdown. You got to put these guys away. You know, he had the right mentality. Like, hey, a field goal doesn't really do you any more here than you know, not kicking a field goal. Because what's the difference if you're up ten versus up thirteen this late in the game? He's like, no, you need to go up seventeen. And then something ends up happening where it's third and, and third and two, and I believe there was a false start or something. Hmm. And so it pushes it back to third and seven. And Peyton Manning just goes, just kick the field goal now because you guys aren't scoring here. <laughs> I was just like, damn. He's like, well, let's play Colin, just kick the field goal right now. I was like, wow. Ooh. Yeah, you wouldn't hear that from, like, you know, that, Troy Aikman. I was like, wow. That was you know, not being a friend of his. And they called both sides of it. So it wasn't like they were just – they weren't, like, clearly rooting for anybody. You know, they – there, there was interest on both teams. So if the Saints did something stupid or they were all over Tampa and all of the craziness, you know, uh, you know, when they didn't go for that fourth and 10, both of them were like, well, well you got to go for this now, right? It's four down territory. And they're like, well, well yes. they're going to punt. Like, okay. <laughs> Seven minutes left in the game. Like, what do you, what do you think's going to happen? Yeah. yeah. So, so give it a shot. I, I recommend. Okay. Um, if you want to try something a little different, you know, cause you still got the game on. You're getting all the game broadcast, but you're getting them over it. Uh, you know, just just need to clean it up a little bit with the guests. But when it's just the two of them right. talking football, it was very enjoyable. It's probably like us when we have guests on. We're, we're only as entertaining as the guest is going to be because we don't have yeah. any inter- yeah, interview guest skills was, at all. So. Uh, was it Dana White? Oh, good Lord. UFC. Fucking, yeah, it wasn't yeah, it was, it wasn't. A, it was yeah, it wasn't a very it wasn't a great interview, but they they weren't yeah. really doing much to enhance it either. So I'm sure if you got somebody in there, you know, I've seen clips where they actually bring on like football people, and it's a lot right. better. Right. Um, 
but just they're just they're hammering on the teams, calling the game, and you know, and you know, and it, you know, like when we we highlight Romo for the way he is, you know, with mm-hmm. how he like kind of changed that because he's out there calling the plays before the plays actually happen. You're getting some of that with 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 Peyton Manning too, and Eli. Sure. Okay. But a lot more with yeah, Peyton. It... <laughs> Uh, and it makes perfect sense that he's uh, sort of sweating and panicking over uh, the Saints not being able to put Tommy away because there's only one man in the entire world that would know more than Peyton Manning uh, the perils of not putting Tommy away when you have an opportunity to. Yeah. And that guy can't do commentary because he's still playing because he's, he's Matty Ice right. uh, in Indy. Uh, but, yeah, that does, I'm, I'm glad that it's uh, entertaining. And, and I, I – hesitate just thinking about the the fact that they had success with that last year is why uh, they went on to do it in baseball with, uh, I think there was an A-Rod cast or something like that. And there's Mm. no way in hell you can get me to listen to that. Uh, Him and Michael K. Because he is, he is a black hole of charisma. (laughs) That he is. (laughs) So that would probably be why I wouldn't watch it. Did you just come up with that? Because I like it. The black hole oh, yeah, of I charisma. Did. I did okay. just come up with that. Thank you. That's good, because he really sucks the life out of every room <laughs> he's in. Yes, there you go. Because he, he's trying so hard to be lovable, and it turns out he's the opposite. <laughs> well, that one's for free. So good. Very good. Oh, uh, Where are we on the awards here? Um, uh, let down. What let you down? Or was it a let down? Lou kind of covered it. Come on, Jets, take them out. Take the Vikings out. You had so many chances. Good it did. I sweated, I sweated the hell out of that oh. pick. Oh, First of all, because it's the Vikings, and, and this is just – the Vikings are just destined to barely win football games, apparently. Yeah, that they are. But the Jets had that game. They were there multiple times late, and they just they just couldn't seal the deal. They're throwing picks. They're going for and out. And they couldn't finish drive. Uh, they got to the one, the one-yard yep. line on the last drive before throwing an INT. Come on, Mike. Yep. What are you doing? Uh, they had opportunities to knock out Minnesota. Jets had 200 yards more offense than the, than the Minnesota Vikings. Just finished the game. Good God. How, how lucky are the, are the Vikings just a better version of the Giants at this point? I can't argue against a, that. Are they just a slightly more talented version of the Giants? Yeah, I don't think uh, they did anything to make Braxton Berrios drop a wide-open touchdown. I don't think yeah. they did anything to make Garrett Wilson uh, have oh, yeah, a sideline bomb ran go right off his over fingers. Their heads going, oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> right off his Newton, fingers. Newton. Uh, five field goals, five of them. Just yeah. put them away. Get in the end zone, guys. So that that let me down. Uh, I'm going to give my letdown of the week to the Jags. <laughs> <laughs> we both thought, we 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 uh we said that all the Jags had to do was make one or two defensive. They couldn't even do that. No, no, they they, they did none. They did not muster any defense against these surging lions. Forty. Um, who just they they put it to him. Uh Jared Goff had a day. They had DeAndre Swift back. Him and Jamal Williams both had a day. Amon Ross St. Brown went off. Uh, it was 
that was a whooping. I, when was the last time? Just think. Close your eyes and think. When was the last time you saw the Lions whoop anybody like that? I don't. I don't know what the hell got into. They've had. They had something like that earlier this year where they were meandering along for a couple of games, and then just broke out and beat somebody's ass. But uh, so <laughs> they're very inconsistent like that. Yeah, but the yeah the Jags went in there. We both thought that they were you know like they were building up to something. Well, they, apparently they were building up to a big ass beatdown. Building up to getting a dump taken on them, yeah. So yeah, that's my uh, my letdown of the week is the the Jags just going and getting housed by the Lions. Good on the line. Uh, yeah, but predict that again. Tell me when they're going to do that again. Mm. I have no idea. Um, yeah, it was a little out of left field. Uh, yeah, they put 31 on the Giants uh, in week 11. They beat them 31 right. to 18. I that, don't know that was, where that came from. Yeah, well, that was when we were – we kind of knew that the Giants were, were fake – but they really showed it. You had a, you had me on that one. Uh, I believe I did. You had the Lions to go in there. So uh, we already got your struggling, so here we go. Struggling. Uh, man, I'm giving this to the – Arthur Smith, Marcus Mariota, Atlanta Falcons. Yeah. Man, you want to talk about a team that just can't close. You know, they just they – just, no finishing ability at all prevents them from basically winning another actually winnable game against Pittsburgh. They had the ball multiple, like the Jets, they had the ball in plus territory multiple times late in that game. Their defense, Atlanta's defense has not been the reason they've been losing a lot of these close games. It's been their offense not being able to close the deal. Uh, Mariota throws the pick against Washington. Uh, on the tip ball, wide open, you know, in that shotgun at the one formation I already pissed and moaned about um, last week, a couple weeks ago. And then in this game, again, they just continue to find ways to, to kind of like not be able to just close. And now the rumor is coming out of the uh, bye week, no more Mariota. I don't know if you saw that one. And that I saw. Um it's likely to be benched that they're that they're gonna make the yeah Tampa Bay got another win. It looks like Atlanta's probably not playoff bound. <laughs> this is the time now with what would then be four four weeks left. Yeah, uh, look. For, give them the look. Yeah, I, I I'm all right with them going to Desmond Ritter here. I was calling for that a month ago. Yeah, the one line I had written down about that game was. Falcons trying to rally from a deficit with Marcus Mariota. Yuck. It's painful. Absolutely um, painful. Makes perfect sense to go to Desmond Ritter after the bye week. Uh, no no argument there. Just seamless put him right in and see what you got. Yeah. So uh, we don't have uh, – you already did your uh, your Danielle too. I did my Danielle, so you have your uh, your Danielle. Wow. We're going to go back. I, I, fe- I didn't want to double up on you because it was so early in the show. Uh, no. But when a team does something that hasn't been done in 23 years and it gets a what the fuck, we got to talk about it again. And that's the Browns scoring 27 points without an <laughs> offensive touchdown, which had not been done since Seattle did it. Uh, that was the most points since the Seattle Seahawks had a 29-point effort without an offensive touchdown 
back in 1999. The Browns partied like it's 1999, <laughs> if you can believe that, um, in, in the sort of anticlimactic return of, of Deshaun Watson, completely goes out there and lays an egg. And if they had been playing anybody but the Texans, they probably would have lost that game. Um, but good fortune was smiling upon them, and so were the special teams and defensive touchdown gods. And uh, the Browns end up scoring 27 points and don't find the end zone once offensively, which is just that's a mind-blowing. It's not even – that's not like a team that just, like, kicks, kicks five field goals either, you know? And wins because we'll see that we'll see a team you know Justin Tucker kicks five field goals and the Ravens win you know fifteen to fourteen. No, this is twenty seven points that your offense doesn't find the end zone once. Man, what the fuck? Punt return, fumble return, interception return. return. I mean that's great. If you had the Cleveland Browns defense and special teams in fantasy, you were oh. living large. You had to go one your week, I would think. I think they had a 30-point effort on DraftKings. Man. I didn't have them. Uh, <laughs> uh, neither did I, believe me. Uh, good no. fortune was not smiling on the Cleveland Browns. Roger Goodell was smiling on the Cleveland Browns. He <laughs> set that up. That's why they drove the Houston Texans, because oh. he set that whole thing up. I promise. Well, we got we got we got through it. Uh, any games that we did not discuss here? I, I'm looking at the list. Uh, we didn't talk about that that blistering twenty to twenty tie that gave you the locks championship. <laughs> uh, you thought the the potato skins had it uh, in the bag. You you of course have been appreciating how overrated the the Giants are. Man, they they had to fight and, apparently. Man, the Washington Washingtons man had so many chances to just end that thing and they just couldn't do it well that's what makes them the washington washingtons uh broncos gonna bronco right oh definitely yeah they let tyler huntley they snoop huntley comes in they talk about a team that was doing nothing for the whole game comes in (laughs) the man mask and gun time in baltimore 16-play drive uh, for, for Snoop to, to sneak it in and barely uh, get that victory. Barely. That's all it takes to beat the Broncos, though. Here's that Broncos defense, though. Again, gives up 10 and loses. And, and loses. Yeah, a bunch of losers. What you get for giving up 10. Um, and I, I know we mentioned the uh, uh, the crazy Cowboys win over the Colts. At the yeah. beginning of the game, which nobody remembers, it was all the way back at the beginning because that game felt like it lasted about five days. Uh, Mike McCarthy finally had enough and started Tony Pollard over yes. because why keep starting games slow when you can start them faster? It's just – it's it's logic, you know? It, it made perfect sense. And the, the Colts defense full of veteran hustlers, and they gave Dallas fits. And nobody remembers that because of that crazy. Nobody remembers that was a twenty-one to nineteen game. All they remember <laughs> is the fifty-four. And uh, the Bengals did not drop everybody in coverage against the Chiefs this time. They got after Pat Mahomes' ass. They played some bully ball. They did. You want to talk uh, about? Got at, we didn't talk. How did we didn't give them an award? But you want to talk about a team that's starting to feel it a little bit? Yeah, uh, Jamar played his part. T. Yep. Higgins was huge again. Uh, Casey made some key mistakes. Let's, let's not overlook that. Travis Kelsey fumbling out of nowhere, that was uh, surprising because um, he usually doesn't do that. 
but that was part of that game. Uh, Harrison Butker pushing a field goal. That was uh, that was a part of it. Uh, Bengals took a lead on that, uh, after the Kel- off of the Kelsey fumble um, and never looked back. Uh, yeah, the Bengals look really dangerous right now. They are uh, they they pushed around the Titans. They push around the Chiefs, and like I said, I was very impressed by the way they did it because they did it different from what they did last year uh, in the playoffs. They did not have everybody just falling back and daring Pat Mahomes to just find somebody to, to, to beat them over their coverage. They just yeah. came after Mahomes this time and said, you're not going to get a chance. So that, that was very impressive. And the Raiders beat the Clippers, and uh, who cares? Yep. Pretty Week 14, 10, 10 games left, right? No, 12 games left. <laughs> it's getting late already. <laughs> well, it's 10 games on the fantasy slate tomorrow. Uh, Sunday. See, I'm doing it. Ah. You're screwing me up. Uh, well, let me give you a couple of uh, seconds to, to recover while I do the plugs and we can uh, get ourselves uh, straightened out as we All right. get ready to pick the games for week 14. You are listening live to In Much Less Detail, the podcast. Not on the radio, but only here on the website, blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. To be notified when we're live, you can follow the show on the Blog Talk Radio website, or you can follow my Twitter feed, at IMLDDre, when I tweet out when we're live before every show. Jason's on Twitter, too. His feed is at IMLDJTG. Our show is available as a podcast, where you can get the live show and a special VIP after show. To listen to the show as a podcast about an hour or so after the live show is over, Come back to the show page and go through our archives or subscribe on iTunes or any number of different podcasting apps, including Player.fm, Mixcloud, Blueberry, and the TuneIn Radio app. You'll get the whole show, the live show and the after show, downloaded straight to you. You can always send us a question or comment or shout out via email to the following email address, inmuchlessdetail at gmail.com. You can follow all of our picks on our blog. The website for the blog is inmuchlessdetail.blogspot.com. Our Thursday night picks will be available Thursday afternoon on our Twitter feeds. Again, that's at IMLDDre and at IMLDJTG. This copyrighted broadcast is a production of Jay and Me and is solely performed for our entertainment as well as for any poor soul who happens to be listening. It is intended to be a football pick show for the private, non-commercial use of our audience. Any publication, reproduction, retransmission, or any other use of the descriptions and accounts of this podcast without the express written consent of Jay or me is strictly prohibited. Yeah, we'll probably be a little off-kilter uh, going through the picks. We're still uh, doing a Friday night show for these Sunday night games, so we're still trying to get that all straightened out and figured out and whatnot. Uh, we do have less games to pick than normal because this is the final week of buys in the NFL. Buys are over after this week, but this is one of the big weeks of buys. Six teams sitting at home in week 14, Falcons, Bears, Packers, Colts, Saints, and the Washington Washingtons. And with that, let's pick the rest of the games remaining in week 14. We will start in the NFC East with your favorite overrated team, the Giants, as they host the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles now 11-1, and looking like they are in complete control of the NFC. And the Giants 7-4-1. Uh, 
now we got now we got four teams with a tie that with those weird looking records. I, I just boy, I, I you just hate to think that the Giants could sneak into the playoffs off of that damn tie too. Ugh. Your favorite team, Saquon Barkley. Saquon Barkley has a next thing going on, so they've been acting like he's uh, got a chance to miss the game on Sunday. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, they know they won't have their big man in the middle, uh, Leonard Williams. Uh, he's doubtful uh, with a neck injury himself. Uh, in this one, the Eagles are the big road favorites, as they should be. They are a touchdown favorite at the G-Men. Well, there you go. I picked this at seven and a half, so this comes down to seven. Yay! Because uh, I've got the Eagles. Uh, I'm going to give the seven. I, I don't, you know, I, I think that the Giants are completely fraudulent. This is a normal spot where I would say, oh, a tough division opponent. These teams, they don't like each other. I am completely throwing it out the window off the fraud factor of, of the New York Giants. Um, they, they hung around and somehow managed to tie last week against uh, Tyler Heineken and the Washington Washingtons. I, I, don't, I just think that Philly's just got – they just got too much for these guys. They're just, they're, they're – they come at you so many different ways. I don't think that the Giants are going to be able to produce enough offense. If Saquon Barkley is indeed dinged up, the only way only way you can really attack the Eagles consistently is on the ground, and you take away or at least hamper the best way that the Giants can do it. I, don't, I think it's going to be a long day at the office for the Giants. I'll take the Eagles and give the touchdown. You know, uh, I don't respect uh, the Giants that much either. I don't think they're nearly – as overrated as you do, I thought the Eagles, or I've been waiting for them to come down to earth because uh, I remember Jalen Hurts trying to throw the football, uh, especially in you know games where they were behind uh, the first couple of years of his career, and it was quite ugly. And I'm like, so all of this just turned around because of the coaching change and because they bring in A.J. Brown? Like, all of a sudden now Jalen Hurts is this all-pro MVP candidate quarterback? Yeah, I guess he is. Apparently, um, nothing's changed really since the beginning of the season. The Eagles look stronger and stronger. They're, they're actually trending up uh, in, in offense the way they've been uh, kicking ass the last several weeks. Um, and as we've said, they keep trying to add and fortify their run defense, which that I think they clearly recognize is their uh, weakest link on their team. But Saquon might be hurt. Danny Dimes may be less effective the last few weeks. I know he's been throwing more, but he's been running a lot less. Uh, remember, they were trying to make him sort of junior project at the beginning of the year. That's been calming down a little bit. Uh, yeah, Eagles soaring. It's hard to see the Giants rallying up and, and doing anything about that. So I'm going to concur with you and give the seven and, and take the uh, the Eagles. Oh, yeah. A lot of divisional matchups this week. We'll go to the NFC North now. Vikings and Lions in what probably is the most conversed about point spread uh, of the year. I have seen so many people. PTI made an entire segment about the point spread on this game. That's how uh, newsworthy it's been that the Minnesota Vikings at 10-2 and two find themselves uh, underdogs to a team that's got a record under 500. The 5-7 and seven Detroit Lions uh, hosting the 10-2 and two Vikings uh, who should get their left tackle uh, Christian Darisaw back. Uh, he was happened in week three Vikings pulled that one out barely because they pull every game out barely uh, 28 to 24 in Minnesota 
Lions going to lie in in that one. Dan Campbell called for a long field goal instead of going for it. Uh, Fourth down, they did not get the field goal, and that allowed the Vikings to come back and win the game. And Campbell was actually uh, quoted this week as saying he will regret that call for the rest of his life, which uh, sounds a little uh, melodramatic. Jeez, is that going to be on a tombstone or (laughs) something? Apparently. I didn't know he uh, felt quite that strongly about it, but apparently Man. it's been haunting him. So uh, in this one, you're not going to have him going for or uh, going for a field goal. Uh, apparently he's going to just go for it on every single fourth down because he doesn't ever want to do that again. Uh, in any event, the uh, Vikings somehow find themselves underdogs in this one. They are plus two and a half at the Lions. Well, somebody uh, – we talk about the fraud factor with the Giants, and we were talking about this in the first – segment of the show about the fraud factor that might be out there with the Minnesota Vikings. Um, yeah. You know, when you're sitting there at, when you're sitting there at 10 and two, which, which is, you know, Hey, great. You can't take it away. <laughs> They've beaten all the teams that are out there in front of them, but you're 10 and two with a plus 10. <laughs> I believe that means that your average win is one point. Right? Uh, very good. Thank you. I can do the math on that one. Uh, they beat their opponents by an, on average, by, by one. I mean, obviously, if you just factor in the wins, uh, it would be a little larger than that. But they, they generally aren't beating anybody by more than one score. And they, it's so hard to be on the right side of that many one-score games. Fortunately for the Vikings, they're playing the team that's uncanny at losing those games. So this is the uh, unstoppable force and the immovable object. I wouldn't be shocked if this one ended in a tie. But because <laughs> <laughs> neither team wants to win this game, right? Like the, the Lions are going to try the Lion and the Vikings just, you know, if they win, they're going to win like a super close one. I'm actually going to take the Lions here. I, I like the way oh. that the Lions offense is trending. I think that they can beat these, these Vikings. I, that defense, that back end is so bad. And I don't know what little hairs on my neck or something weird about this game. I've got the sense about since that Green Bay game, I have no stats on this one, but the the Lions defense has not been like as bad. It's not the sieve that it was early in the season. They've they've actually acquitted themselves several times in in games. You know they've got teams to make mistakes. They've held teams, you know, in, in, in certain aspects of the game. They've taken things away. They did to Green Bay. They didn't do it with Chicago, but yeah, I don't think Kirk Cousins is going to be running for, you know, running for 100 yards or whatever like, like Justin Fields can do. So they take the Lions and give the points. The big favorites. Yeah. The five and seven. I, I, I can't do that. It's just there's logically there's nothing. Usually we see this when there's like, Big injuries on one side on the favorite on the uh, on the side with the of the team with uh, the better record. Uh, th- that's not the case. Vikings are are fine. Uh, Dalvin Cook's going to play. Uh, Justin Jefferson is still him. He's still going to play. Uh, Kirk Cousins is still out there. Uh, it's I, I'm just flabbergasted. I, I guess I see why this was such a, a conversation piece because I don't under, I'm not locking anything up or anything like that because God forbid I lock up a, a team that uh, gets a, a point for every single victory. Um, but I 
I, I know the Lions can catch the Minnesota. I know they can catch them off guard and they can win this game. But favored to win? No. No. I'll tell you what. You're taking the Vikings? That's fine. But I'll tell you what. That line yeah. is begging, begging for people <laughs> to pick the Vikings. You know what that means? Uh, it's a trap. Uh, we haven't had too many uh, Elvis games this year, so is that uh, uh, I that couldn't play the it? song because we both didn't do it. Okay, all right. But yeah, it really is begging for people to put money on the on the Vikings. Uh, I, I, I promise you this: you will never. Well, I shouldn't say never. I, I, I was going to say you're not going to. No matter how, how much you go shopping, you're not going to see Detroit minus three anywhere because no one's crazy enough to make that a full field goal and then ask for that push. Yeah. There's no way that's anyone's going to make that. That's moved to the Lions' side because that was one and a half for a lot of the week. Enough money to make it two and a half, but not three. No, not three. It's not going to go to three. We're not going to give them the cop-out line uh-uh. against a team that's got five more wins than they do. <laughs> it should be the uh, wildest game of the week. That's got the highest total on the board. It, it, it might be in the 30s. That, that, that is true. Um, all right, biggest spread of the season, I believe this yeah. one is. The Houston yeah. Texans, the Dallas Cowboys, the one ten and one Texans, the nine and three Cowboys, and the Texans for this occasion are going back to the general. They have seen enough of Kyle Allen, Brandon Allen, and General Mills is back under center, but he's doing it without his top two wide receivers, Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins. <laughs> Good luck, kids. Good luck. Go get them. Oh, um, man. Good luck, Private Mills. <laughs> right. He, he got demoted, but he's been uh, put back under center. So he, he's moving back up to general. Um, we're not going to spend a whole lot of time on this one. Uh, Houston plus 17 at Dallas. Whew, that is, that's monster uh, number. It actually gives me an extra half a point because I had that at 17 and Hawk, uh, <laughs> which, I'm, I'm, which I am giving all of because the Cowboys, <laughs> if you look at the Cowboys, especially at home, They've been just wrecking people in their building all year. They should have also had that cover at home against the Giants on Thanksgiving if it wasn't for just kind of lollygagging in the last couple of minutes of that game, which is my only fear for this game, is that they just get up by so many, kind of like the Dolphins did, where they're just not playing anybody in the third and fourth quarter. Because the, the Houston is trash. They, get, they just lost to a team. That scored 27 points, didn't score an offensive touchdown. And, and, and I mean, say what you will about the Cowboys and the stupidest team in football stuff, you look at their results this year, they have no problem smoking people and just rolling up the number. I'm not even counting that 33-point fourth quarter. They did it the Vikings. Uh, they had another couple of games earlier in the season where they just blew teams out. Uh, I, I, Houston's the worst team in football. I, you know, Dallas isn't at that point yet where they're good enough, I think, to tape the foot off the gas. I'm going to take the, the Cowboys and give them all and hate every second of it. <laughs> That's a lot of points. So most of the year. I, I don't remember yep. a line bigger than that this season. Not yet. Um, but it's the Cowboys who are in their regular season uh, mode where they roll through the weaker competition, getting ready for the playoffs where they're going to ultimately collapse. Well, they choke. Yeah. Well, they'll choke. They'll, they'll lose to Tommy in, in the first round. Oh, God. That's um, right now. That's your matchup, by the way, right now. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> oh, that would be terrible. They'll lose 13-10. Uh, <laughs> oh. 
Uh, but they are right there in the middle of that stretch where they look great and everyone goes crazy and all the Cowboys fans go nuts. And they are playing the absolute worst team in football. There's no doubt about that. Uh, 17 is you know, not enough. <laughs> yeah, this is, this has definitely got 38 to 3 vibes. Yes, uh, very much so. Never in a million years, though, would you have locked that up if we were still competitive on the locks? No, I might have just because I figured out a bit of a strategy before I realized that I had locked up the locks for the the season. Oh, it's your strategy that Houston's trash? Very good. Uh, Oh, okay. And also, also, I've been calling uh, Dak and the Cowboys getting revenge on the Eagles for that Cooper Rush game, uh, which takes place uh, the Christmas Eve weekend. So by oh, locking sure. up Dallas this week, I ensure that I can't lock the Cowboys next week, therefore freeing me up to lock the Cowboys again <laughs> in a couple of weeks You're when they take the, the Eagles lock out. game three weeks out. I like that. Yes, that, that, that was my strategy. I actually figured that out before I realized I didn't have to worry about any of that because wow. I got the lock okay. so taken care of. All right. So little strategy with that. We spent well, way on more you. time on that, on that game than we should have. Uh Cleveland and Cincinnati in uh, AFC North action, Battle of Ohio Part 2. In the first meeting in Week 8 on Monday night, Browns absolutely got in that ass and beat the Bengals 32-13. to Again, the Bengals can't hang with the Browns. There's something about Joe Burrow cannot beat the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Terrible offensive line outing for the Bengals. They've been much better since, uh, had to admit. Um, And Joe Mixon had eight carries. And that won my dumbest of the week for week eight. Cause yeah, why the fuck that was giving him awful. only eight years. That was right. Was that right after Jamar Chase got hurt? Uh, might have been. Because I think remember. that was like we were like, how do you have that game plan, right? You know, yeah, yeah, no, I, I, yeah. Yeah, I think you're right. I get it. Uh, so Mixon's been out uh, with dumplings, but he's expected back on Sunday. Uh, they will not have their tight end Hayden Hurst with a calf injury. For the Browns, Amari Cooper has a hip issue. Keep an eye on that. That might be something that keeps him down on Sunday. Uh, but they are expecting their tight end David Njoku to return from his knee injury. Uh, five and seven Browns, eight and four, who seem to own the eight and four Bengals. Browns are the underdog plus six at Cincinnati. Wow. Yeah, I, I tell you what, though, this is a different Browns team. I'm not different Browns team. This is a different Bengals team than the Browns face time. There, there's a, a, like that, that swagger that they didn't have early and through the midpoint of the season seems to be back. They, they're, they're, they're bullying teams around. They did it to the Titans. They did it to the Chiefs. I definitely think they're going to be able to assert their dominance over Deshaun Watson. I'm not even going to make a joke about it. <laughs> you know, there's just, there's, there's nothing there. I mean, they couldn't even, they're not going to do what they did to Houston to the Bengals. And I'm so sure of it. Oh. I'm locking up Cincinnati. Wow. Okay. They're going to whoop the Browns. going to come all the way back from the fact that they haven't been able to beat the Browns in a very long time. Um, And they're going to come all the way around and and take them out this time and cover the six. Yeah. Yeah. so game two of Deshaun's preseason, uh, that's uh, clearly what's going on here. Deshaun Watson working his way through uh, his own personal 
preseason football. So this is uh, week two of, of his exhibition versus uh, the Bengals' lack of ability to match up and, and somehow beat the Cleveland Browns. You know, I look at this one, Jack Brisket played very well in that game uh, in which the Browns beat the Bengals on Monday night. I got no reason to trust that Deshaun Watson is going to match that. Not yet. I mean, eventually, but right now, no, I don't play as well as, as Jack Brisket. That first game was awful against the Houston Texans, just awful. Uh, So yeah, I'll concur and and give the six, take the Bengals as well. Uh, If if this was Jack Brisket, I don't think I'd take, I I think I'd take the six points. I wouldn't give the six because that's because he was playing uh, good football. He was, he was being a good caretaker. Uh, There's one thing you cannot describe Deshaun Watson as on or off the field. It's a good caretaker. That's for sure. Uh, Jets and Bills in the AFC East, uh, New York at seven and five, Buffalo at nine and three. Of course, we uh, discussed a little bit about this game with Lou in Jersey. Uh, Michael Carter is planning to return a running back from his ankle injury for the Jets. Uh, Matt Milano has a knee issue, the linebacker for the Bills, but he should be able to go. Uh, might be some snow in this one uh, in the forecast up there in Orchard Park. Uh, this is also a divisional rematch. Uh, they got together in week nine, and the Jets got that victory 20-17 to 17 that we talked about, the young and fast defense taking down the uh, <clears throat> Buffalo Bills, who uh, they gave up a buck 74 on the ground to the Jets uh, because the Jets at the time were uh, hell-bent on doing one thing and one thing only, hiding Zach Wilson. <laughs> now they don't have to necessarily worry about that with Mike White. So we'll see what their game plan will be in this one. Uh, Jets are the big underdog to pull that upset again. They are plus nine and a half at the Bills. Yeah, it's a lot of points, but you know what? I'm taking those points. I'm going to take the Jets here and take that defense. It, all they, it lose by seven or eight, right? Lose by a score, and, and I can still get a win on this one. I, I, I think that the Bills are going to win, but I, I just don't think that they're going to have, have the ability here to cover. I think that the Jets can play a style of defense that's going to keep this game close. Mike White gives them a little bit added dimension in the passing game where the Bills are clearly, uh, you know, a little bit more susceptible to giving up big plays. They, they seem to have a hookup going there with Garrett Wilson. Uh, they don't have Brees Hall anymore, but they last week it was Zonovan Knight. Pick him up. Um, I already have. <laughs> who's, <laughs> there you go. Who, who who is making some plays, and then they get Michael Carter, who gets a lot of checkdowns out of the backfield. I, I the only th- my worry here for the Bills isn't even the health of Josh Allen. It's been the decision making of Josh Allen, and in some in some tough spots, he's been a little loose with the football this year. And I think he could be again. I think he might turn that over a couple of times and kind of artificially keep this game close when it shouldn't be. I'll take the Jets and the points. You know, the first thing you always have to assess in any Bills uh, point spread situation is what's their motivation? What's their mode of uh, – how are they really going to want to get out there? Or, I'm sure they're pissed off on this one. I'll give you that. Uh, no matter whatever the mode is for the Buffalo Bills, the Jets seem unfazed. The Jets seem like they got that swag of we can compete with it. They're not afraid of the Bills. They are not scared of the Buffalo Bills. Uh, even before they got that victory, they weren't afraid. And you can argue they wouldn't have gotten the victory if they were afraid. Um, but they, they got that, that confidence, and they, now they got the W. 
Um, so I don't know if it matters uh, in if, if, how, what the Buffalo motivation would be. I think the Jets can hang with them either way. And maybe as I was uh, discussing with Lou, maybe a, a hair more confident or maybe more, more than a hair uh, with Mike White under center than they would be uh, if it was still Zach Wilson. Although to be fair, uh, the Mike White experience that started so well last year uh, came to an end when he uh, faced the Buffalo Bills because he couldn't stop throwing the ball to them. He threw four interceptions uh, against the Bills last year, and that was the end of Mike White last year. It's a different year, so maybe he's going to do better. Hopefully he'll only throw two. Um, I, I look for a project to adjust to the Jets' defense, uh, which is similar to Buffalo uh, in that they uh, drop defenders in coverage waiting for mistake throws. Um, and Boyd Project could make some mistake throws, uh, but so could Zach Wilson. And now we got Mike White in there. Uh, I, I think it's going to be close as well. I think uh, both teams are doing a little bit of the Spider-Man and pointing at each other. That They're, they're very similar right now. They're both uh, trying to establish a run game to set up some uh, bombs through the air. And defensively, they're both trying to, to get after you with four and, and, just, and drop back and sort of keep an eye on on everything at all times. I, I think they're, I think the Jets are coming. I think they've got a chance to be uh, really good uh, going forward. I think they still need a quarterback. I, I know, you know, Mike White can have some excitement at times, but I think he's not the long term answer. Uh, but yeah, I'm going to concur with you and, and give uh, and take the nine and a half. I think the Jets are going to keep it close, and I'm not going to take them to win again and go two and zero in Buffalo. But they're, they're not afraid. If anyone could do it, I think it would be them. Uh, Baltimore and Pittsburgh, one of our favorite divisional rivalries. Uh, this is their first matchup of the season. Uh, they they always have some blood exchange between each other when they get together, but they won't have. Lamar Jackson is part of the proceedings. Of course, he messed up his knee last week. So Snoop Huntley is the QB1 for the Baltimore Ravens right now. Uh, For the Steelers, uh, TJ Watt still fighting uh, those ribs. He came back, but he hasn't really come back. He hasn't really done much since he got back. Um, And Deontay Johnson, the wide receiver, has a a hip injury. So that's another one to keep an eye on this weekend. Uh, The 8-4 Ravens with... Uh, Tyler Huntley under quarterback are the dogs. They are plus two at the five and seven Pittsburgh Steelers. My memory of Tyler Huntley is the starting quarterback. And I'm not, this is the comeback last week, notwithstanding was no quarterback last year had more of an uncanny ability than Tyler Huntley did to lead his team to soul crushing defeat after soul crushing defeat. It was it was almost comical last year how many games he would play and play pretty well and that the Ravens would just still find a way to lose you know at the end of these games like he just could not put that team on his back and come up with the wins he he'd look good in defeat and I think he's going to again I'm going to take the Steelers to win in soul crushing fashion and give it to is that. Huntley, or is that the Ravens beat up ass defense that couldn't yep. hold anybody down, uh, and, and they're kind of beat up again this yes. year? But yes, <laughs> but not, but not nearly to the degree of last year. It's it's not right. nearly that bad, not yet anyway. Yeah, I sorry, Lamar. I I, I generally I do like Lamar Jackson uh, as a quarterback. He he has his shortcomings, uh, but I. <sighs> Snoop can beat the Steelers, and and he might be yeah. less 
injury prone than Lamar and he might be less mistake prone than Lamar. He's clearly not as exciting or electric as Lamar. No one's uh, trying to suggest that, but the exchange that you're getting there, uh, less excitement and less game-breaking ability for more, maybe more stability, maybe more yeah. uh, less quarterback play. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with the Ravens and, and take those two points uh, over Kenny Smallhands and the Steelers. I think Snoop Kenny can win I, that game. Yeah, I, I know. I, I like Huntley. Uh, we were both, I think, both fans of his last year when, when yeah. the action that he was getting, like, hey, he's basically Lamar light. He, he's diet Lamar. And he's now, so he's been here for his old hat for him. So, but but you're going with with Kenny uh, and the Steelers. I'm, yeah, I'm still going to go with the Steelers here at home. All right, more divisional action: Jags Titans. Their first meeting of the year. Yeah. Uh, Jags at four and eight, and Titans at seven and five. Let's see if they can turn it around after what they've gone through the last couple of weeks. Uh, Trevor Lawrence has a toe thing going on that he hurt in the game last week uh, that looked very painful, uh, but he's apparently going to give it a go. Uh, that's the most recent word. Of course, things can change tomorrow, uh, but he should be out there at quarterback for the Jags. Uh, for the Titans, they're going to be missing several defenders, as they have in several games this year, and, of course, Traylon Burks is still asleep in Philadelphia, so he's not going to play either. Uh, Jaguars are the dogs in this one, plus three and a half at the Titans. I'm going to take the Titans here. I mean, they're clearly the cream of the crop in the division, although nobody in that division has a, a plus my, a plus point differential, which is just crazy. Actually, Jacksonville has the best one in the division, so let's not even get into that. Um, too much, a little too erratic for Jacksonville. They're just so up and down, and I just, last week, the way they went to Detroit and just got obliterated, Kind of felt like okay, we 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 we're, we clearly are are better this year than we were last year, but I could see the Jags kind of you know checking out, going on to cruise control here, kind of the rest of the way. Like you know, Lawrence is a little nicked up, you know, ATN's a little bit nicked up. You know, let Titans are on the you know they're on that pathway. They're clearly going to win the division probably the Derrick Henry show. He hasn't had a good game in a few games. I, I, I could see the Titans just kind of bullying around Jacksonville and winning, winning ugly um, and barely covering this number. Although I wouldn't be shocked if I got hooked on this one, but not going to get cute. Uh, if you get hooked, I'll be with you. Uh, Titans, let's go Titans. You got out physical <laughs> couple last couple of weeks. All these jamokes that are beating you around, you're supposed to be the one beating them around. Now you get this team that just got blasted by the fucking Lions. Come on. You you got to be kidding. Jacksonville, you, here's one of your stats that you uh, bring up every now and then. Missed tackles. Jags couldn't mm. tackle the Lions. Lions had uh, grease on them, like they're grease pigs. Uh, Jags couldn't put their hands around them. Yeah. Uh, missed tackles for the season. Jacksonville, 64, which is yep. uh, only four behind the worst tackling team in the league, the team with the most missed tackles, which ironically is the Titans. But I trust Derrick Henry to rebound and, and break some of those missed tackles a lot more than I trust uh, Travis Etienne, who, as you mentioned, uh, has been uh, beat up and, and taken a, a turn downwards and trending down since uh, his meteoric rise in the middle of this season. So uh, I will concur with you and take the Titans, give the three and a half. Uh, on to late afternoon action. 
uh, more divisional matchups. Uh, Casey and Denver, uh, their first meeting this season. The Chiefs are nine and three. The Broncos are three and nine, and trending the wrong way in every way, shape, or form. Uh, Chiefs trying to get Kadarius Tony back at receiver from his hamstring injury. Uh, Andy Reid says he's quote on the border, so that that's pretty clear what that means. He could play or he couldn't. Uh, so at least you got some clarity there, even though it's not very clear. Uh, for the Broncos, they are very clear. Cortland Sutton has a hammy. He is not going to play. He is out. Uh, but Jerry Judy came back last week, so kind of swap one for the other. But Russell Wilson can't catch a break. He can't keep his guys on the field. He can't do anything when they are on the field. So maybe it doesn't even matter. Uh, Chiefs, of course, are the big favorite in this one, minus nine at the Broncos. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what. The Broncos are trending down everywhere offensively. They're not trending down defensively. That is still a defensive unit with a lot of pride. Uh, this is, uh, if you go by the PFF grade, this is now the number one coverage team in football. This is just criminal that this team is three and nine, by the way, with the defense. That the, the people, if if this team was 500 or better, everybody would be talking about how good that Denver defense is. Now they only talk about it as a well, isn't that so sad that the Denver defense is so good because Russell Wilson and Nathaniel Hackett are bums? But I honestly I honestly think that that defense, they have a lot of pride. They're, I don't think they're going to go out there and get shown up in their building where they have been stout all year. But I don't think they're going to get stood up by the Chiefs. I think that the, the Chiefs just – First of all, the Chiefs' uh, record against the spread this year, I think they're like 3-8 and eight against the spread. And I think this is a mm-hmm. function of that offense being like there's too many options on that offense. Uh, I, and sometimes they just don't look like they quite know what they're doing or where they're going because they're just kind of – they just it's Kelsey and guys right now. And you never know which guy is either upright or who's going to contribute in that game. And it can't just be the Travis Kelsey show. I'm taking Denver and the points. Broncos country. Let's ride. All right. Go for it. You know, uh, the Chiefs do have a lot of weapons. They, they do have a lot of guys that you don't know what's coming, but that's a good thing because you don't know what's coming. They, any defense that goes against them has no idea. Uh, all this talk about the, the Chiefs uh, trying to figure things out after getting rid of Tyreek Hill um, and, and all the talk about oh, look at Tyreek go to Miami and just absolutely ball out and have great success right off the bat. And, man, the Chiefs may have made a mistake there. I don't know. Uh, after all of that, number two in pass offense uh, yards per game in the league right now, Tua and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddell and the Miami Dolphins, behind only Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. After all of that, Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs still number one in pass yards per game. Figured it out. Whatever uh, issues that they were trying to have uh, after the, the, the trade and after losing Tyreek Hill, um, the, the Chiefs have figured it out. They are back on track. Uh, the Chiefs, just like the Bills, you have to ask what their motivation is. What their motivation is uh, in every game. This is a divisional matchup. This is a hated rival Broncos. Um, I think they're going to stay focused um, against the QB that still hasn't put a whole good game together and, and your your boy Russell Wilson. No. Um, I'm going to have to take Kansas City and give the, the nine. I, I cannot ride with Russ. You uh, you got the guts in this one to, to ride with, with old Broncos country there, but I can't do it. 
Now I'm riding with that defense. Exactly. Uh, on to the Buccaneers and the 49ers, which was a divisional matchup 25, 30 years ago, uh, back when both teams were in the NFC West. The NFC uh, West that had both Tampa and Atlanta in it. <laughs> For those of us old enough to remember that. Uh, Tommy and the Bucks, uh, perfect six and six. When I say perfect, I mean six and six, three and three on the road, three and three at home, six are just perfectly mediocre. Um, they got the one Germany win, which they count as a home win, but I count as a road win because they were not at home, and that's why I have them three and three on the road. Um, in any event, the 49ers are five and one at home and eight and four overall. As we know, giddy up Brock Purdy, QB one for the time being, and all the way into the playoffs if the Niners are lucky enough to make it that far. Uh, Bucky Brooks on the NFL Network. I just I was just flipping channels uh, Tuesday or Wednesday and came across uh, him talking about this situation with the Niners. I, I love the line that he gave about it. He said Brock Purdy. Uh, he said the uh, 49ers under Kyle Shanahan. He's just playing this big video game, and Brock Purdy is just a joystick. He's just one of the, the things that you use to control what's going on out there in the big video game. But really. Kyle Shanahan is the one in control. He's the one moving all these pieces around, all these parts. Send Ayuk over here as a, on a jet sweep. Uh, he's the one that's actually doing all the, the machinations. And Purdy's just another piece. He's the joystick. He's just a control. I, I really like that uh, particular uh, analogy of the situation. Uh, as far as Nick Bosa, he hasn't practiced this week. Uh, he's got a hamstring. Um, that's definitely something to keep an eye on, that he may not be able to participate in this one for the Niners. Uh, for Tampa, Leonard Fournette's got a foot issue. Looks like he might be down again. Um, and we know Tampa will not have uh, their safeties, Mike Edwards and Antoine Winfield. And this one, Tommy and the Bucks are the dogs to the kid. Brock Purdy, Tampa plus three and a half at San Francisco. Yeah, all of that, it's – yeah, it's still good enough for me. I don't care if San Francisco is on their third-string quarterback and he's the last pick in the draft and he's going up against the GOAT. Tampa's not that good. Uh, they, no. they had no business beating the Saints, who was their daddy, up until the last you know four minutes of that game on, on Monday night. They're not going to go out to San Francisco and, and and be able to repeat that. San Francisco's defense is too good. They can turn you over. They can get pressure. They can do everything that Tom Brady doesn't like. And that offense, even with the third-string quarterback, is so multiple, they're, they're not going to have the problem like the Saints had on, on Monday night being able to, to, to put that game away. Um, I, I, I think that they're going to be able to put the lockdown on these guys. Uh, I, almost, I almost locked this one up. I'm going to take San Francisco, <laughs> give, the, give the points. I, I dare. Tommy to pull that shit in this game. I dare him to pull the two touchdowns in three minutes. Do that <laughs> shit against the Niners. Getting defense. him off the I turf with a spatula if he tries it in this game. And he ain't doing that shit against the, the four. And now I am, the only thing I'm worried about is, is uh, Nick Bosa being a potential uh, deactivation because that's a big piece of the, uh, the 49ers pressure. But they got other people. He's got friends. Charles Ominehu. He's got Fred Warner, one of the best Linebackers in football. He's got the the guy whose name I love pronouncing, Talanoa Hufanga. Hufanga. 
Mufasa. There are people there. There are people on that team. I need to step up and contribute. So I am uh, with you on that one, giving the three and a half and taking uh, the 49ers. This is Kyle Shanahan's wet dream, man. This is uh, He gets to play and, and kid and have him do anything he wants to do. And, and there's no telling that there's no – he might not do the stupid shit that, that Garoppolo does. This is why uh, they were trying to get rid of Garoppolo. This is what we all see in Garoppolo when he plays is whatever good you get out of him, he's got that really stupid play every now and then. Oh, he's yeah. got that really got, dumb yeah. throw. Like, what did you do that for? Why did you yeah. do that? For all we know, Brock Purdy doesn't have that. For all we know, he's he's going to be uh, a perfect addition to this, this offense. Who knows? But I, I will concur with you there. Uh, the Panthers and the Seahawks. Carolina coming off the bye at four and eight. Seattle at seven and five. Uh, Seahawks got some uh, running back issues. Looks like uh, Ken Walker and his backup DJ Dallas. They, they both got ankle injuries. Neither one of them have practiced all week, and it's not looking too good for either one of them. Looks like going to have some uh, replacement level running backs um, at the. At, at, uh, in play for the Seattle Seahawks, Travis Homer and, and people of that ilk. Uh, in this one, the Panthers are still the dogs plus three and a half at the Seahawks. This is another one of those. You talk, this is another one of those lines. We talked about Minnesota, that Detroit line, like oh, head scratcher. Carolina only given or getting three and a half here feels weird based on the trajectory that both of these teams have had. Um, until you kind of look at it a little bit closer and think about Carolina plays some good defense. They've actually been competitive in, in quite a few games. They've had a couple of games where you looked at them and they just weren't there, but they, they do try hard. And I think people are starting to look at Seattle, you know, kind of the shine coming off of them a little bit. I'm taking Carolina to go up there and win this game. Um, hmm. I, I I think that Seattle doesn't particularly do much against the run. Deontay Foreman could have himself a nice day. Ghost Boy, OG Ghost Boy might be able to get the ball, uh, the DJ Moore, and get the ball down the field. I just and that defensive Carolina, I think, is going to be able to kind of frustrate and confuse that passing game of Seattle, especially if they're not going to get anything out of their running game with their with their top options there being down. So I'm going to take Carolina to go up there and sneak out a win. I think Seattle's kind of hitting that wall. And Pete Carroll uh, not being able to lead a, a running attack quite as hard as he wants to, that takes a hit with the, these injuries. Uh, remains to be seen how much he's going to keep leaning on the running game or if he's just going to say, I'm going to turn it all over to Geno Smith, who's been so good this year. Uh, that offensive balance, if it gets thrown off, that might just throw everything into confusion. Uh, but that to your point, that spread is uh, surprising and a little confusing. Honestly, I was making this pick thinking I was going to wind up taking the Panthers in the points, but ultimately I got to go with what I actually predict. I have Seattle winning by far. I have them winning twenty to sixteen, oh. so I have to I have to take Seattle and give the three uh, and a half. Yeah, if you're, if you're true to your prediction, then yeah. yes. But yeah, that that number seems a little low. But since I've actually got Carolina to win straight up, I might as well take those points too. Sure. Uh, so clearly, I don't have a whole lot of confidence in that if I only got them winning uh, by four. Uh, on Sunday night, the Dolphins and the Chargers do battle. Miami now 8-4 and four after last week, and the Clippers are 6-6. Six and six. 
for L.A., uh, big-time safety, Darwin James, got a thigh injury. He is out. Cornerback, Bryce Callahan's got a groin injury. He's out. Two secondary players out. Number two, backing offense in football teams. That's fine. But they looks like they're going to give Mike Williams, the receiver, back. Uh, going to try to come back from the ankle injury that he tried to come back from a few weeks ago and had to sit right back down again. We'll see how long he stays on the field this time. Uh, Dolphins and Tua, favorites on the road, minus three at the L.A. Clippers. I, I can see this game getting into shootout territory, but I think, yeah, too many too many parts missing from the Clippers' defense there. That I don't think that gives them a shot. I mean, this Tua versus Herbert, man, it's, it, that's mouth-watering on paper. I, I mean, it should be a fun game, but I think it's only going to be fun up to a point. Uh, that Miami offense is, is – yeah, it's it's real. I mean, they've got the the multifaceted running back attack now. They can come at you with, with Wilson, who's been a nice pickup. Uh, you know, and Mostert if he's out there, it that's just that team is just fast, and I think they're going to just end up finally running uh, the Clippers out of their building here. I'm going to take Miami, give the three. Yeah, it's not hard to run any of either one of those LA teams out of their own building. They, there's not a whole lot of uh, home field advantage there, as you heard on Thursday night. It sounded like uh, the Raiders' home game there. Yeah. Uh, yeah, two over Herbert, uh, such a different matchup now than their first meeting uh, back in November of 2020, which Miami actually won 29-21. Uh, this is coaching philosophy and management. This is what can happen. You bring in uh, the new guy, McDaniel, in Miami, and Tua all of a sudden looks like a world beater and a great football player, all because of, you know, New new situation, new coaching, that's what can happen. Um, I don't think the Clippers can make plays and control the game like the uh, the Niners did uh, against Miami last week. Um, L.A. can't pressure. That's the one thing that worries me, that they can get after Tua and, and make things difficult there. Uh, but ultimately, I'm going to take Miami to uh, overcome and cover the three and get the win as you pick them as well. And then Monday night, the uh, Patriots play the Cardinals, who are coming off of their bye. Uh, for the Patriots, uh, their wide receiver, Jacoby Myers, is dumplings, and so he's looking like he's doubtful for that game. Uh, the 6-6 six and six Dolphins and the 4-8 and eight Cardinals, which uh, quarterback and coach strangle each other first in this game? That's what the, uh, the real matchup is. Uh, Patriots are actually favored uh, minus one and a half at Arizona. You know which team I'm going with? I'm going with the team whose defensive coordinator – had the balls to call out ass clown <laughs> before they played the game. Not even wait till after. I'm going to take the Cardinals here. They're going to just straight up win this game. Uh, the Patriots, uh, man, that offense is just, it's bad. I mean, I, I know that Mac Jones every once in a while can have a flash, but I'll, I'll take, I'll take Arizona here at home to, to sneak out this win. Well, the Patriots uh, defense sending heat at Kyler. Uh, at Kyler Murray, that would put the New England D in in peril. Like they would be watching Kyler take off uh, if Kyler was alert and concentrating and healthy and able to escape. I'm not sure he's any of those things. But that's my deal with <laughs> with Arizona. I don't know what's going on with with Kyler Murray. You're going to take the coach that had the balls to to call somebody out. I'm going to take the goat coach that listened to his quarterback call out his ad hat coach. And I think they're going to actually listen and do something about it. I think uh, they're actually going to have a lot more through the air and look a lot better uh, than 
than they looked last week. I can't imagine they're going to come right back after that that tongue lashing um, and have more short plays. I think uh, the Cardinals are accommodating. They can get beat through the air, and I think they're going to let the uh, the Patriots figure things out and come back and win the game uh, in Glendale. And more on our after show when we come back. Now into our VIP after show program. I forgot this will be an extremely abbreviated one because you've got some traveling to do tomorrow. Yes, uh, that's the plan. Unless you had anything you had to get off your chest. Uh, You can take your guess that the number of games are different and then we can call it, I guess. Uh, Four. Oh, you thought it was a short one. I did. Uh... Looks like five, almost. Oh, well, of course. Uh, it just yeah. felt like we agreed a lot this week. It felt like more than we did. But Vikings, Lions, uh, yep. Steelers, Ravens, Chiefs, Broncos, Seattle, Carolina, and then the Monday Nighter. Okay, yeah, five. Yep. Our usual. <laughs> right, our, our normal. Um, All right. I I guess I will uh, bid you adieu and enjoy your uh, vacation. I will. And then we're back. Is it next Friday already again? I think so, because I think they're starting uh, uh, Saturday football. Some Saturday games on us here these next. And then we've got the holidays. So it looks like we're on Fridays for for a little bit now. So, yeah, yeah, we'll be gone gone through Tuesday, and then I'll be back. I won't see much football live on Sunday, so I'll have to – I'll have to catch up through through highlights and uh, Twitter highlights and things I see on my phone. So this will be one of my light football weeks. Uh, I've only had one so far where I haven't been able to watch. And so that's not bad for me for this whole year. It's week 14, and I'm only going to have missed two weeks of football. Yeah, that's good. And this week is light with games, so you won't be missing as much. That's true. That's true. So we'll be in uh, we'll be in Minnesota and doing a lot of uh, Christmas festivities and having fun and yeah we'll talk talk to you next Friday night. Sounds good. Uh, next Friday night, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central. Uh, maybe Lou will join us again. It's probably the new night that he was able to. He's probably doing his own show on Saturday. So uh, he saw us coming on and said, "Hey, let's going to check in with this guy." So good to hear from from old crazy Lou. Uh, so that's it for us uh, on a very uh, late evening. I uh, hope everyone enjoyed the football party, and I'll get those picks up probably not tonight because I don't have to uh, sometime tomorrow. Uh, but everybody enjoy your football on Sunday, and we will be back to talk to you uh, next Friday, 10 p.m. Eastern, 9 p.m. Central, to recap week 14 in the NFL and get you ready for week 15 as the season rolls along. I am Dre, he is Jay. This has been a much less detailed podcast. Thank you all for listening and talk to you next Friday.
Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.